Today's podcast is brought to you by Freshly. For me, the start of the football season marks the return of a very hectic schedule for me and my family. Traveling to NFL games around the country every week doesn't exactly leave me much time to cook. And that's why I started ordering Freshly meals. These meals are cooked by their chefs and delivered fresh, never frozen to my door or wherever I'm traveling on the road. All of their meals are made with the help of nutritionists and they're free of gluten and artificial preservatives. Freshly is perfect for busy professionals. Not only are the meals incredibly delicious, they're super healthy and ready in less than three minutes. So instead of spending an hour cooking dinner or waiting around for a delivery, come home to a healthy chef-cooked dinner every night of the week. For a limited time only, Freshly is offering our I Love to Watch You Play listeners an exclusive offer. You can get six dinners cooked by their chefs for $39. It's normally $59. Just visit Freshly.com and enter promo code FLAN639. That's FLAN, F-L-A-N 639 to take advantage of this awesome offer. Hey everybody, it's Alex Flanagan. I know most of you know me as a football reporter. Well, I am also a mom to three kids and to help parents like myself navigate what I've found to be a little bit of a crazy world of youth sports. I started a website with my friend and colleague, Asia Mape, called I love to watch you play.com. And we are now launching a monthly podcast. So before we start, well, first of all, thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you like what we're doing for sports parents at I love to watch you play.com, if you could kindly help us out by following us on Facebook, subscribing to this podcast, or just spreading the word, just getting it out there, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. In the first podcast, we're talking to Saints quarterback Drew Brees. And I had just an awesome conversation with him. Um, you'll find out how he parents his own four kids when it comes to youth sports, why he thinks specialization in one sport is the worst thing that kids can do, why he doesn't believe that kids should put on helmets before middle school. Drew also has his own passion project, which is really cool. He recently launched his own flag football league, and I think it's going to take off. He hopes that it'll set a new standard for flag football across America. And don't worry, I did ask him a few Saints questions as well. He talks about his goals for training camp and why this year, his 17th, might be one of his best ever. So here it is, the I Love to Watch You Play podcast. This is the I Love to Watch You Play podcast. I'm Alex Flanagan, and today I am really excited to talk to our guest. He's one of the most accomplished and certainly most well-respected players in the National Football League. Saints quarterback Drew Brees is getting ready to play his 17th season in the NFL. Importantly, though, he's a father to four young children who are just starting to scratch the youth sports world surface, Drew. So congratulations on that. Um, what's it been like uh, watching your kids starting to play sport? I, I have loved I've loved it so much because you know when, when I was a kid my my brother Reed and I that's I feel like that's what we grew up doing and and we created a very special bond between us doing that and now I get to see my kids our boys are ages eight six and four and then our little girl is two so she's she's not into that realm yet but the three boys are like full steam ahead every second of every day in our house is 
some sort of competition that typically revolves around sports. Do you feel like you can already see kind of whether or not they're competitive, whether or not they're going to be motivated, whether or not they might have what it takes to make it to a certain level playing sports? I think there's some instincts that you can see and feel at this age. But at the end of the day, I just want them to have fun playing it. And I think there's so many great life lessons that are learned through sports. But at this age, just eight years old, six years old, and four years old, I really just want them to enjoy and have fun with what they're doing. And I love to sit back and watch and just watch the way that they naturally react to different situations that might come up during a practice or during a game. You know, I, I can definitely tell which one of mine is like ultra competitive, you know, based upon his reaction. I can, I can tell which one over time maybe might need a little bit more support or positive reinforcement just based upon the way I see them react to certain things. So I, I, I find that each one of my kids is, is, while they're alike in some ways, they're very different in other ways. And I think you just, um, you begin to see that and, and then you understand maybe how you're going to have to nurture that or develop that as they go along with sports. Yeah, it, rumor has it, I know that you're doing a little bit of coaching. Rumor has it that you're fairly competitive when it comes to coaching. Am I hearing things correctly? Well, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we play to have fun, but we play to win, too. There's nothing wrong with that. Whether I'm playing the game or whether I'm coaching it, I, I just, I, I love sports, and, and, and there's I do have a, a very competitive streak. So, if, if I'm doing anything, I'm, I'm doing it to win and just, try, just really trying to be the best that I can be at it. And so I expect that out of myself and, and I'm trying to get that out of the kids as well. I want them, I want them to grow and develop and learn and be the best that they can be as well. And, you know, when you're coaching a team, you want them to experience success. You want them to know what it's like to work for something, to work towards a goal, and then to earn to earn the victory, you know, to earn the championship and, and to know what that feels like. Because, again, that carries that can carry forward to things well beyond the playing field. So, yeah, we, we play to have fun, but we play to win. That's for sure. What surprised you most about coaching your own kids? Just how nervous I would get before games. <laughs> you know, That's I mean, awesome. You're used to playing in front of hundreds of thousands of millions of people on TV and that kind of thing. And, you know, that just, you're kind of programmed to do that. But, you know, I, I get out there to play in the, or to coach in the second grade flag football championship this year with my oldest son. And I've got butterflies, you know, and I was coaching defense. I wasn't even calling plays or anything, you know. So it was just funny how, you know, you react and, and, and just your, your own feelings and emotions as a coach, coaching your kids going into these games. I think so many of us as, as parents have gotten kind of obsessed these days with our kids' sports, and I think so many parents can relate to what you're feeling. Do you consciously control it? Do you let your son um, see you get intense, or, or what's your strategy? Yeah, I, I let them, I certainly let them see me get intense. I mean, I, I'm just myself, I, I, but, but I think what I have to, I think what I try to go over the top with is just being really positive really positive and really supportive and, you know, picking kids up. And I mean, I'm, I'm very talkative. I'm very vocal, but it's in the sense that, you know, I'm helping, helping the kids get lined up and, 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 and asking them, Hey, what are you looking at? What are you seeing? You know, Hey, let's watch this guy. Let's, you know, let's do this. Let's do that. You know, be ready for this. And if somebody makes a great play, then, Hey, great job. If they miss, miss a play, then, Hey, it's okay. We're going to get them next time. And, 
even the kids on the other team, like if a kid on the other team, you know, jukes a couple of our kids and runs for a touchdown, I'll probably be the first one in the end zone high-fiving him, saying, man, that was a great run. Good job, buddy. You know, and then I'll go back to my guys and say, come on, guys, we're going to let him run through us like that. Let's go. You know what I mean? It's just I, I want the kids to have fun. I want them to learn, and I, and I just want to try to get the best out of them, but, but give them a great experience at the same time. What's, um, have you had any interesting run-ins with other sports parents? No, no. I found myself not yelling at a ref, but kind of getting into it with a ref during a game this last spring. And it was, it was mainly just because I felt like a call had been made in the other team's favor earlier in the game. And then the exact same scenario happened with, with one of our players and he called it the opposite way. And so my message to him was, listen, let's just be consistent with what we're doing here. And so it wasn't, it wasn't that I was yelling at him or, or anything like that, but I was, I was having a good conversation with him. But then I started telling myself in the back of my mind, like, this is a, this is a second grade flag right. football game. It's really not <laughs> that big of a deal. But, but you know, it's out of principle, you know, Hey, let's be consistent here. Let's call it, call it even both ways. That's fine. I had my husband at one point kind of pull me off of a, a ref in, in basketball when I went up and kind of chest bumped him because I was frustrated with a call he made. He was like an 18 year old kid trying to ref and I was like screaming at him, chest bumping him. <laughs> my husband was like, sit I know. down. I know. It's, it's, it's hard when the competitive juices get flowing. So you guys have four children who knows what their sports futures will ultimately hold. But how do you and your wife, Brittany, approach just their sports careers? I know a lot of NFL players will kind of have a strategy or a plan in terms of, you know, they don't want them to play tackle until a certain age, or they are going to insist that they play multiple sports and not specialize, or they want to push them in a different direction than the sport that they played so they don't have to follow in their father's footsteps. Have you guys discussed that? Do you have any type of plan for how you want to parent them when it comes to sports? Yeah, it's um we do have a plan, but but it is but I think it is we are gonna I think face challenges that maybe we don't even realize and, and it, just just based upon the fact that I their dad is a professional football player. You know, so over time I understand that there will probably be pressure for all of them to follow in dad's footsteps somehow. And I think my message to them as they grow up, and I'm just being over the top with it, Brittany and I, is to tell them you don't have you don't have to play sports. You don't have to play sports to make dad or mom happy. We love sports. Sports have have molded us, and 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 certainly it's what dad does for a living. And so dad owes a great deal to football and to having played sports as a kid. So we want you to play it because we think it's a great experience. But at the end of the day, you don't have to play sports if you don't want to. And and, and as far as what sports to play, I'm, I I just want them. I'm going to expose them to every sport that I possibly can expose them to it, and then see which directions they gravitate. And I'll say this about kids specializing in sports. I think it's the worst thing kids can do, the absolute worst thing. I think that kids should play as many sports for as long as they possibly can. And and I'll tell you why, because, listen, at some point, high school or beyond, yes, you do have to narrow it down just from the standpoint of the time commitment, you know, if you're playing football for in, uh, on a high school team, yeah, that's all you can do during the fall really is play football. And then in the winter, if you're playing basketball, that's all you can do. And if you're in the spring and you're playing baseball, well, yeah, maybe you can run track too, but then those are, those are full-time commitments once you get to the high school level. But prior to that, I think that there's a season for every sport. And in many cases, there's seasons for multiple sports. You know, you get to the fall, you could play two or three sports, same with winter, same with spring. I think that I credit 
so many other sports for my ability to play the game of football at a high level and to to play in the NFL. For example, I loved playing tennis when I was a kid. Both my parents played tennis, so that was something that we would do on the weekends together. Well, tennis helped help, helped me with my footwork because you have to be in a great athletic position to make a move on the ball and then put yourself in a position to hit the ball. And I feel like sliding and moving in the pocket and then being ready to throw the football, I gained a lot of those traits and mechanics from playing tennis as, as a youngster. Also, I loved baseball all the way up through high school. And in fact, I thought baseball was going to be the direction that I would go. That was my aspiration as a kid. I wanted to be Ted Williams. That's why I wear the number nine. I wanted to go to college, play baseball, and play in the major leagues, play baseball. Well, tennis, you're required to hit forehand and backhand. So you have to have great hand-eye coordination and power from both sides if you're going to be a complete player. Well, I could switch hit in baseball, and I never really knew why. I was naturally a lefty, but I could turn around and hit righty just fine. Well, in tennis, you're hitting both sides and have to have hand-eye coordination both sides. So that helped me be a better baseball player because now I could switch hit, right? So that and then other sports, soccer. Soccer with your footwork is great the way it carries over to a lot of other sports. I I played with many receivers who said, man, soccer was the best thing they did as a kid because it helped helped develop their footwork that they now use as a receiver, as a DB in the NFL. In fact, Odell Beckham Jr. was a great youth soccer player, and I know he credits soccer for a lot of his, his, his abilities. So again, I think that there's, no matter what you end up, I mean, at some point you do specialize, but I think it's high school and beyond. Once you, once, and, and, and I'm, I'm sure that if you went to every high school athlete, college athlete, pro athlete, and asked them to kind of break down who they are as an athlete and where those traits came from, I guarantee you every one of them would look to other sports and say, because I played this sport, it, was, it, it helped me develop in this way that has now helped me do what I do, you know, for a living. So that's, I think that's, that's why kids need to play as many sports for as long as they possibly can to develop all of those traits. Here's the thing, though, and I wonder if you guys have gotten to this point with your oldest yet. You probably haven't. You get to a point pretty quickly, as we have, um, I think right about the age of 9 or 10, where all of a sudden the, the club sports have kind of taken over. And same with baseball. The travel teams have kind of taken over. So now you're asked, like, oh, is your son going to join the travel team? Or are you going to you know, take part in this? And if you don't and you want to stay seasonal and you don't want to be on the year-round team, all of a sudden your son or daughter is kind of at a disadvantage because now their talent level maybe isn't the same because they haven't been playing year-round. And then I'm not sure that you can get back to being good enough at that point to play in high school. And I think that's where a lot of parents find themselves kind of panicked right now in that they're worried that their kid's not going to have the opportunity to play in high school because they don't do the year-round sports. So it feels like for a lot of us, it's kind of a catch-22 now. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I, think that, I think that that pressure comes from, you know, maybe the, 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 the coaches and the recruiters. Certainly, but I mean, a lot again, of kids the are being recruited in, you know, in eighth grade now. Yeah, yeah. those are also the kids that get burnt out yeah. very quickly. You know, so, so I just think overall, if you're looking at it in the long term, and just what what multiple sports can help a, a child develop in regards to movement patterns and muscle memory and that kind of thing through their let's call it their elementary school years from from first through sixth grade. I think playing as many sports as they possibly can is the way to go. And then as they get into middle school, 
I think there's probably a little bit of specialization just because as you get older, the time commitment for each of these sports increases. You know, it becomes, it becomes, it becomes more competitive and now you're part of the school team and you've got a, you know, lengthy schedule and all those things. But at the end of the day, you, you will become such a better player at your respective sport if you play multiple sports. I've just seen too, I've seen too many kids burn out and I've talked to too many people that are PhDs that have done the studies that can sit there and validate everything I'm saying about kids who specialize too soon are the ones who get burnt out and they don't, they don't have the other, the exposure to the other sports to help them continue to develop their skill set as they move beyond kind of a certain maturity point, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, the, their ability to go back and draw from those other sports is what will help them take it to even the next level within their, you know, their main sport. And I think there's so much um, proof now out there about just their physical, their body is better off as well. And, and the in increase in injuries with specialization is alarming right now. But I know, t tell me a little bit about your um, philosophy on tackle football and flag football, because I, I think you didn't play tackle until a certain time, right? Yeah, I didn't play tackle until my freshman year of high school. So I played flag football up until that point. And I feel like flag football helped me develop so much faster. And, uh, I think in, 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 in such a better way than tackle football would have, because I'll be honest with you, when I was in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I, I don't, I don't think I was ready for tackle football. You know, I mean, I was playing a ton of different sports. I was playing baseball, soccer, track, you know, basketball, a ton of, a ton of sports. But with football, I felt like playing flag. You know, first of all, it's it's all pa it was all passing, and, and and so you talk about beginning to understand route concepts and defenses and just kind of that me to you chemistry of the passing game. I felt like I developed great skills during that time that really helped me transition once I got to playing tackle football. And now, in light of everything that we know about head and neck injuries and concussions. I just don't think it's worth it for kids to put on helmets between, you know, before middle school. I think there's so much brain development that is still taking place up until the age of 13 that I just don't think it's worth taking the risk. And for, for a couple of reasons, obviously because the kids aren't ready. But number two, I, I don't think that all peewee football coaches, tackle football coaches, are equipped to teach the, the fundamentals of the game. You know, I, I think that I don't think there's a good enough process in place to make sure that these kids are, are really learning the proper fundamentals of, of, of hitting and tackling. And, and so you're really at the mercy of who your coach is. And, and I just think that's too much of a chance to take, especially since with flag football, I think you can learn all the great fundamentals of the game. Even on defense, even though you're not tackling, you're having to move your feet, you're having to put yourself in a position to get in front of the offensive player and then pull their flag. And so... Once your body is ready, once you are developed enough to then transition to, you know, tackle football, I think that you, you're now, you, you're, you're in a much better position to do it. So based upon my experience playing the game and now, and coaching it and now having my kids play it, I think flag football is 100% the way to go as a kid up until middle school. And then you know what? You, you as parents make the decision as to whether you would like for your kid to play tackle football after that. And, and here's the thing. There's going to be parents who, who are good with their kids playing tackle football before that. And that's okay, too. 
And so we're, we're not even saying, hey, it's either flag football or tackle football. We, we actually are developing great partnerships with tackle football leagues through our flag football league, Football in America, to basically say, hey, if your kids want to form a flag football team, they can come out and work on all their passing games during the flag football games on Fridays, and then they can go out on Saturdays, put the pads on, and then play their, play their, 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 their other football games. So it, it's, it's not as a replacement, it's as a supplement. Too. Now, I think for my worry is this. My, my worry is that the game of football is slowly deteriorating in regards to the number of kids that are playing it because I think a lot of parents feel like, well, that's the only option is to play tackle football and we're not going to do that until middle school. Well, if ki- the kids don't aren't even exposed to football prior to middle school, the chances of them actually putting the pads on to go out and play in middle school, I think, are slim to none. So how do we how do we get these kids involved with football, allow them to see to enjoy just how fun a game it is and what a great team sport it is and develop all those, those qualities and such from the game but, and, and help them develop a passion for the game as well. And listen, if they never play beyond middle school, if they just play flag football all the way up until seventh grade and then decide, you know what, uh, I, I want to go do something else, well, at least they've been exposed to the game. They know what it's like to have played it. Maybe they've developed a passion and a love for it. So they're going to be fans of it you know, as they, as they move on in life. Yeah. So I just think there's so many benefits flag football as a way to expose kids to it in a very fun, safe, competitive, family-friendly environment to teach them all the team aspects of the game of football. Because there's nothing nothing quite like the game of football in regards to the team aspect because there's so many people that have to be on the same page at the same time in order for a play to work. And so when it all comes together, it's man, it's a, it's a thing of beauty. And they also develop a passion for the game that, that goes well beyond their playing days. And um, you're right. I think you make so many great points and, and you can see, I think the kids really enjoy it. You and I have kids that have played in the same league here in San Diego. And I know that flag is certainly growing here. And, and you mentioned you've gotten involved now. You've launched your own league, Football in America. Can you tell me just a little bit about it and, and how you guys see that growing? Yeah, we, we're, we're so excited about this. Obviously, I'm very passionate about it, uh, being that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a professional football player, but also a dad who has kids who love to play football. And we really want to set the standard for what flag football leagues should be in our country. I feel like there's really no standard right now. There's a lot of different leagues that are out there and they all play by different rules. Some of them are five on five, some are six on six, some are seven on seven. And so we really felt like, you know, we have, there's, there's, there's something missing here. We have the opportunity to step into this space and create what will be the standard for flag football. And it's a six on six league, which every, but, but all, everybody's eligible. So the center snaps the ball and then he's eligible. So there's still one quarterback and then five eligible receivers or running backs, you know, depending on the age group, which transitions well to seven on seven football once you get to middle school and high school, because that's now one quarterback with five eligibles as well, just like you would in a, in a high school game or a college game or a pro game. So we do six on six. It's age K through eight. It's co-ed. We're launching three leagues in the fall here in South Louisiana. So there'll be one in New Orleans, one in Covington, which is just north of New Orleans, and then one in Baton Rouge. And it's a 13-week season, so we play a roughly 10 regular season games, and then we have two weekend playoffs, single elimination playoffs. But the idea is that we're creating a league that will be the standard for flag football, giving kids a, a very safe, fun, competitive, family-friendly environment to play the games. We'll do it on Thursday or Friday nights, which we feel like is, is 
an incredible atmosphere for the kids and for their families. I can tell you this, I've had more fun coaching my kids in flag football than I have doing anything. And not only is it coaching our kids, but it's the interaction with the parents. We've got such a great group of parents and everybody gets together on, on those Friday nights and, you know, it's the end of the work week and we're here to watch our kids and everybody's wearing their, their, their team gear. And then you go out for pizza after the game and it's just, it, it, I feel like not only are we creating something really neat for the kids, but we're creating something for the families and for communities as well. And um, something unique that we've done with our, our league as well is our website is playfna.com, playfna.com. And we actually have a coaches portal on there where if you're a coach in our league, and let's say you're a first-time coach, you don't know much about football or you're kind of hesitant in doing it, we have a whole coaches portal that, co- coaches portal that has sample playbooks on it so you can draw different plays depending on what you feel like your kids are capable of we've put together videos of defensive drills and uh, offensive run plays and offensive passing trees and all kinds of information for coaches that you can incorporate into you know your league your team we we also have a preseason camp run by you know what we feel like is the the the, the, the best sports camp company pro camps in the country so we're really trying to give these kids as much skill development as possible and, and the coaches as much support as possible too so that they can really put together the, the best environment and best culture for the kids that are playing. So Football in America, we're really excited about it. PlayFNA.com is where people can find out more info about it. Um, sounds so awesome, Drew. And I think the point that you bring up about just having some consistency is so important. I mean, I know with my kids, there's so much inconsistency. And I think the parents are trying really hard to coach, but you know, your kid's experience is so dependent on a dad or sometimes a mom and how much they know. And I think that, you know, when you're in a league coaching against yourself um, or Philip Rivers, who has been in our league as well, or we had Kellen Clements, the backup quarterback for the Chargers one year as a coach, and it was a phenomenal experience because he really was able to teach the kids the fundamentals, the technique, which is really, you know, so important. And I think, you know, to your point about specialization, I mean, when you're playing quarterback and you're, and you're throwing multiple times, just to have a guy like Kellen Clements show your kid how to properly throw the football so as to not injure yourself and, and to kind of increase your longevity is, is critical. And I think to be able to have some consistency in teaching parents who want to know the game and want to volunteer and want to coach um, is incredible. So congratulations to you guys. It sounds like it's going to be um, a huge success for you. Thank you. We're starting off with three leagues in, in Louisiana this fall, but we look to expand it to 20 plus locations next spring of 2018. And then a hundred or more in the fall of 2018. Wow. So we, we, we look to expand very quickly and we're really excited about doing that. We've gotten a ton of interest from really just about every location in the country. We're, we're getting calls and emails like crazy from people who want to start leagues, you know, with, with our, under our, our name. So we're, uh, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to look to expand this very, very quickly. And again, set the standard for flag football in this country. Is this your retirement plan? <laughs> you know, it, it absolutely could be. Um, I, I mean, it will be. Listen, it absolutely will be because I'm going to have kids uh, that are, I'm going to have sons that are, that are playing the game and maybe a daughter who's playing the game, you know? So that's, that's my number one goal is when I'm done playing is people ask me, are you going to coach? Are you going to coach? You know, and I know they're referencing coach, you know, college football or NFL football, but I say, yeah, I'm going to coach my kids. No matter what sport they play, I'm going to coach it. If my daughter wants me to coach her ballet, well, I'll get out there and do my absolute best, but it's my opportunity to be with them and to be around them and watch them grow and develop and, watch them with their friends and just be a part of their lives as much as I can. So 
that's what I plan on doing 100% is coach my kids. And does it ever become problematic because um, different personalities respond to their parents differently? I have, I think, one child who does well when I coach her and one daughter who does not do well. She's better off with somebody else. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. Bottom line is there's, there's sometimes where you have to go over to your assistant coach and say, hey, will you tell my son this? Because if I tell him, he won't listen to me. Right. Right. I I know my daughter one time I tried to tell her something during a game and she looked at me running down the basketball court with her finger pointed and shaking it at me saying, shut up, be quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have to pick and choose our, our, our times and our battles with them. Absolutely. Well, I can't let you go without asking you a little bit about the upcoming season. Um, I, you mentioned you guys have made some offseason acquisitions, a couple draft pickups, certainly um, adding Adrian Peterson to the roster as well in New Orleans. Um, what are you looking forward to in this 17th season of yours? I'm really excited about our team. Um, we had a great offseason. I felt like we made some some good free agent acquisition, uh, acquisitions, filled some areas of need. I felt like we, we had a great draft. Um, it, was a, it was a really strong draft, and we had a bunch of picks in this draft. So you know, only time will tell with these young guys, but I really like their approach. I really like their attitude. I think we've gotten the right type of guys. And so now it's just how quickly can we come together and develop? And, you know, we're always looking for ways to evolve as an offense. I think picking up Adrian Peterson was a huge ad for us. We know the type of player he is and can be. And the compliment of him and Mark Ingram in the backfield is going to be really, really strong. Um, I'm excited about our young wide receiver core as well. You know, they're all chomped at the bit to be great players. And then, uh, you know, defensively, I think that there's an attitude there and I think there's a chip on their shoulder. And so, you know, I, I like training camp because this is that for the next three, four weeks, we are really going to compete against each other. And, and we're really going to try to sharpen each other. You know, it's that whole saying, iron sharpens iron. You know, this is this is our time to kind of go at it, offense against defense, and prepare ourselves for what it's going to be like during the season. And I always feel like the more competitive that can be, and the more meaningful you make that during these training camp practices between, you know, your own offense and defense, I think the better served you are once you get to the season because you feel like, you know, you've been competing every day, you're used to it, and, man, our defense threw everything at us they possibly could. So if we could handle that, then certainly we can handle anything anybody throws at us during the season. Statistically, you guys were really good on offense and really bad on defense. Does the defense have to get better for you to have a chance to make it into the playoffs and, and ultimately the Super Bowl? I think we all have to get better. I think there's all there, for all of us, there's things that we can we can be more efficient with. You know, I look at our season last year and we were seven and nine, but we had five games that are determined by the last possession of the game. And so if you just win half of those, you're in the playoffs. So there's 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 plenty of scenarios like that where you just have to find ways to win, you know, and that's what this, that's what this, you know, the, the NFL game is all about. The teams that make it to the playoffs are the ones that found a way to win those tight games. And at the same time, they gain confidence. They've got momentum and you just want to be playing your best football going in the playoffs. Those are the teams that, that end up winning. You turned 37 in January. Is that right? Turned 38. 38. Oh, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a year. 38. Jeez. Yeah. Give me some credit. Yeah. So last season, you led the NFL in passing yards. I mean, it seems like you're getting better with age. What What are your personal goals? I mean, can you continue to get better at 38? Absolutely, because my my experience and wisdom continues to go up right. <laughs> in this game. Even if, you know, even if even if physical skills diminish, you know, you you rely on your your, your, your timing and your anticipation and your knowledge of the game and uh, just all those things that come with experience. But 
No, listen, I physically I feel as good as I've, I've felt in a long time. I mean, I, I don't feel like there's anything I can't do now that I couldn't do, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. So you, you pray that you're able to stay healthy, you know, God willing. There's some things that are out of your control in that regard as a quarterback. You know, you stand in the pocket and you, you trust a lot of things to be taken care of around you, you know. And, but at the end of the day, I feel like I've, I've got a great routine for how I approach the season, uh, both physically, mentally, you know, psychologically, spiritually. And, and I just I go into the season with a lot of confidence and a lot of trust and, you know, just really expecting the best. Did you work with any of the wide receivers or your skill players this offseason? I know typically you've done a couple of weeks uh, in California with them in the past. Yeah, they uh, they all came out. So I kind of take about a three-week period of time, and uh, different guys come out, and I get to spend a lot of one-on-one quality time with them. And uh, I just think it's a great, great way to go into training camp. Having had that time together, you feel like you're ahead of the curve a little bit. You have the chance to work on some things that, you know, you feel like are going to be important elements to the offense or, you know, to, to our timing and chemistry. And so we, we were able to do that and it was very productive. Should I be drafting Michael Thomas in my fantasy football league? Tell you what, you know, he's uh, he had, he really finished the year strong last year. And I know that he's been working extremely hard. He's got very high expectations for himself. He's highly competitive, highly, highly competitive, which I think is the greatest trait you can have as a, as a pro football player and especially a receiver. So I think we all expect great things out of him, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Between Adrian Peterson, Drew Brees, or Michael Thomas, who am I taking first round? You got You got to give me one. <laughs> well, you, you and Drew every Brees other one year, and I did very well. Right? Well, listen, I hope that you can't go wrong with any of us, right, or all of us. So, pick and choose, and and if we're hitting on all cylinders, then you can't go wrong. That's awesome, Drew. Well, I'm so excited for you to watch you this season and to report on you this season and then to follow um, some of the things that you're doing off the pro football field. Um, As you said, people can log on to playfna.com to check out your new uh, flag football league for young players, the young up and coming, the future Drew Breezes of America. And um, good luck this season. And, And I can't tell you how much we appreciate your time on our, uh, I think, inaugural, really, I Love to Watch You Play podcast. I love it. I, and and, I, and I, love, I love the website. I love the articles. It's fantastic. So thank you, Alex. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it so much. Take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye.